the gunpowder plot. What really happened? <laughs> all I have to do is put this flaming torch to the fuse. All these barrels of gunpowder will explode. The building above us will be destroyed. A new king will be on the throne. The economy will be in tatters. And Parliament will be in uproar. Uh, Guido, if I may interrupt, I had a rather strange and prophetic dream last night. In just over 400 years, a new king will be on the throne, the economy will be in tatters, and Parliament will be in turmoil. Well, in that case, how about a few tankards and a slap-up mill at Mrs Miggins' pie shop? Sounds good to me. What do with this? Welcome, 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 dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcasts. I'm Crumbly. I'm Stephen. I'm Adam. And I am Millie Keith. Mm. Alone, bereft, and by myself. Not perfumed, not coloured, just kind. Without my wife. Lonely. (laughs) Yeah, lonely, very, very lonely. She's at a council meeting, so... Splitter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a council Keith meeting? (laughs) 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 And unfortunately, we also have no Jean. She's uh, preoccupied. It's another sausage fest. (laughs) Sausage fest, yes. (laughs) Not a pie fest, a sausage fest. What happens at the Sausage Fest stays at the Sausage, sausage Fest. fest. <laughs> Don't go into that. <laughs> Moving rapidly <laughs> on. Anyway, without further ado, bungle treasonous plots besides, it's the news with El Presidente. <laughs> the Sandman. Second season confirmed. Good. Netflix made everyone wait, stoking fears and many rumours that Neil Gaiman's The Sandman TV series was cancelled. Finally, we have the truth. It shall be getting a second season. Woohoo! It appears that Netflix was still not quite ready to announce the renewal, but were forced after an accidental tweet, since deleted by DC Comics' official Twitter page. The dream continues. The Sad Man will return with new episodes based on multiple volumes of the Neil Gaiman graphic novel to explore even more stories of the Endless. Mm. Gaiman said of the news, There are some astonishing stories waiting for Morpheus and the rest of them, not to mention more members of the Endless family to meet. No one is going to be happier than the Sandman cast and crew. They are the biggest Sandman fans there are, and now it's time to get back to work. There is a family meal ahead, after all, and Lucifer is waiting for Morpheus to return to hell. <laughs> Little is otherwise known at this point, but a late 2023 release is the earliest we can hope for, but more likely in 2024. Mm. Now, I missed the comic series when it first came out. Yep. I didn't get on that bandwagon. It's quite a long time ago. Uh, it was a very long time ago. <laughs> mm. And I listened to the... Audible. Thank you. The yep. Audible version, which yep. only did the, which only did the first season 
of the television series, basically, the first couple of books. Yeah. Because it didn't go up to The Dream of Cats, because The Dream of Cats oh, was okay. a new one for me. I'm trying to remember where they got to with the second series of... of... I didn't listen to the second. Oh, okay. I haven't, haven't there caught is a second that. Series there is a second. I yeah. didn't know there was a second series. Oh, there shall, is. I shall have to listen to that. I need to listen to the first one, then. <laughs> no, David Tennant was the one in it. Or was it some? It wasn't well-known names, but there was, uh, it was Jane McAvoy was Morpheus. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was done by um, Dirk Mags, who did mm, the Hitchhikers. Yeah, all right. And Neverwhere, Batman, Superman, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Neverwhere was very good. Mm. Mm. So is the Sandman. Yeah, I'm quite heartened by this news. Yeah, it is good news. Mm. Yes. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> the Witcher, <laughs> Geralt to regenerate. <laughs> oh. Season four of Netflix's The Witcher TV series is confirmed, but the program's biggest star will not be returning for the Ooh. ride. <laughs> Henry Cavall will be grunting no more as he hands over the character of Geralt to Alessa Hemsworth. Liam, <laughs> Cavall Instagrammed. My journey as Geralt of Rivia has been filled with both monsters and adventures. And alas, I will be laying down my medallion and my swords for season four. In my stead, the fantastic Mr. Liam Hemsworth will be taking up the mantle of the White Wolf. As with the greatest of literary characters, I pass the torch with reverence for the time spent embodying Geralt and enthusiasm to see Liam's take on this most fascinating and nuanced of men. <laughs> ah, frottage! Liam, good sir, this character has such a wonderful death to him. Enjoy diving in and seeing what you can find. That is the most furthest away voice for Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is good actor, so he's normally but he's very different. He had a cold. <laughs> With the third season of The Witcher due to hit the streaming service next summer, we can only speculate what tempted Cavill away from the role. Could it be some blue tights and a cape? Or is it just his normal weekend attire? Ooh, yes, it could be kryptonite. Mm. I think it's linked to the next article. Mm. <laughs> well, there, there, there has been rumours that um, they, they are now finally committing to his Superman rather than, as they have with every other DC character, <laughs> gone in a different direction with a different actor. Well, <laughs> That's what it seems. Yeah. I haven't seen them myself, but there's rumours of various interviews with Caval where he's um, not been happy. Not been angry, but you get the distinct vibe that he's upset that he can no longer do Geralt. I'm oh, not yeah. sure. It's a combination of uh, Superman and maybe various things that have gone on behind the scenes. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Disagreements mm. in direction Ooh. and or whatever. Mm. i got to admit, I don't know. Don't know. This is only rumours that I've mm. been picking up on. Apparently it's Liam Hensworth, or the uh, brother of what's that, Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Yep. He was originally one of the people in the final set of, yeah. for the role in the first place back in 2018. Yeah. It could have gone to him rather than Cavill back Cav then, yeah. which would make things a lot easier now. But 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how it's going to be. I, He's I, done such a great job with it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it. There is a YouTube video that from the, certainly from the first season, that just has him grunting all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the smell. Yeah, right, no, no. <laughs> the various deep throated margisms. <laughs> yeah. Deep throated. <laughs> 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 It's about five minutes long, and it's all different. Five minutes of grunting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony Beans for you, isn't it? <laughs> DC Films. Ooh. Ooh. James Gunn takes control. Mm. Yep. The quagmire, that is the DC extended universe <laughs> of films, beginning with Man of Steel back in 2013, is well known at this point. Zack Snyder initially somewhat acted as their grand architect until he stepped away during the post-production of Justice League in 2017. Since then, the rudderless DCEU has floundered compared to the Kevin Feige-led Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, the recently merged Warner Brothers Discovery have found their new guiding light for the DC films, in the form of two men, James Gunn and Peter Safran. James Gunn is best known for his work on bringing Marvel's The Guardians of the Galaxy to the big screen. An epic overreaction by Marvel owner Disney saw mm-hmm. Gunn move over to the DCEU to resurrect the ailing Suicide Squad film, sub-franchise, and spin that off into a Peacemaker TV series. Famously, Disney then recognised the error and asked Gunn back to finish off his Guardians trilogy, plus a holiday special due on Disney Plus in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. However, the damage was done, and now his Marvel commitments are nearly complete. He will be going exclusive with the DCEU as their chief executive. Peter Safran has been brought on board as the overall producer, making sure the conveyor belt continues on a production level. Their dynamic duo said, We're honoured to be the stewards of the DC characters we've loved since we were children. We look forward to collaborating with most talented writers, directors and actors in the world to create an integrated, multi-layered universe that still allows for the individual expression of the artists involved. Now that would have been a good game. Yeah, that yes. would have been a good game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we just said Batman as one of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was just good too facts. much in the previous article. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been coughing and spluttering for ages afterwards. <laughs> so Kevin Feige's job is effectively split into two here. Yeah. yeah. So you've got Gunn doing the creative side. Yeah. And then you've got this Saffron guy doing the more producer work, yeah. the, the donkey work, as it were. Hmm. I, I know I'm probably going to fly in the face of a thousand and one fanboys here, <laughs> but it can't be any worse than what Snyder's done. Oh, God, no. I think, I think <laughs> personally, I have not been a fan of any Snyder film, period. They've either made me go to sleep... <laughs> Or they have been mildly in- interesting with chaotic plot. Yeah, well, he didn't actually. He wasn't actually involved in that many. In the end of the day, well, it, it, it was the first be... half, the beginnings of the DCEU. Yeah. He was there. He was there, and, he, and then it all fell apart. And <laughs> he was there and set up the blueprint for them to follow. But they never did, did they? <laughs> After he well, left, it, it, so we've difficult. got Joker going off to his own thing. The Batman off to his yeah, own well, thing. Yeah, that's the trouble. Yeah. That's the trouble. Mm. They've never had a guiding influence, so no. they've all. Yeah. Like I said, they, they've decided to do the multiverse, but without explaining what the multiverse is first. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So did you not really like the Snyder Cut? Oh, the, no. The extended one, you wouldn't? No, no. Like. I, okay. As I said, the Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. the trailers left me cold. And mm. if the trailers leave you cold, mm. yeah. Superman, Man of Steel. Superman is a Boy Scout. 
<laughs> reading various notes and things that have appeared online, Snyder only took it so he could get Superman to kill someone, which right. is mm. against the philosophy of Superman. Oh, yeah. The Superman film itself was colour graded, so all the colour is depressed. It's a black and white film. Right. There's barely any colour in it at all. Yeah, yeah. Visually, it's not encouraging me. They seem to have taken the blueprint from the Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Okay, yeah. And applied that to everything on the DCU, yeah, which right. doesn't work. No, yeah, yeah. Whereas Gun, mm. you look at his Guardians of the Galaxy, they're very colourful. Oh, oh yeah. 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 As I said, the trailer, the trailer for the Christmas special is out, and that, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, and yeah. that looks spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've showed you the, uh, the differences between Suicide Squad and these Suicide oh, yes. Squad, and yeah. why these Suicide... It's a video essay, and why su- su- these Suicide Squad is a much superior Guns film. Guns version, yeah. yeah. Basically the same film at the low level, yeah. but they're completely different in Completely execution. different, yeah. 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 A question. Will Peacemaker be wearing those rather tight-fitting um, <laughs> underpants <laughs> that he wore in Suicide Squad? I haven't seen any of the TV series, no. but... <laughs> I presume he is. I don't know. It's worrying. I believe, <laughs> I believe so. Oh. It's worrying that the camera lingered upon that <laughs> Because <laughs> I have seen there are Funko Pops for the TV series, the yeah. Peacemaker. Mm, yeah. There are some of him in, like, just in, in the, the tidy uh, whites. Yeah, <laughs> so suggest that they're in the, the TV the series. The budgie smugglers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, moving rapidly. Onto another world. <laughs> Westworld. <laughs> Cancelled. Oh. HBO has pulled the plug on its Westworld TV series after believe in the four Westworld? seasons. HBO's parent company, the aforementioned Warner Brothers Discovery, have been looking carefully at their productions and unfortunately, Westworld viewership has fallen but costs increased. Seasons were estimated to be costing around $100 million each. Expensive given the viewership, even if it has done quite well in award seasons. The rug was apparently pulled rather late in the day as reports say the core cast will still be paid for the unmade fifth season, despite it never being produced. The show's creators did have a definitive ending for the series in mind, with the fifth season being the grand finale, which isn't going to happen now. Perhaps someday we will hear what would have been. Mm. That's a shame. I caught the first and second series. I caught the first. I'd never got to the second. First was very good to my mind. Yeah, I loved that. Second was a, to my mind, was noticeably dipped. They didn't seem to have anywhere else to go after they'd finished the film essentially mm. right yes yeah, yeah. i heard I, the I third the, is terrible but the fourth I, is better but. yeah i haven't caught any of the right. third i've got to admit so yeah. i think i saw the first and second and then is it the third the guy from breaking bad came in yes yes, yes. So i've not seen mm-hmm. the third yet yeah but regardless of how many seasons there are it looks like all the main cast are going to be uh laughing all the way to the yeah, bank Aaron, mm. that, that yeah. does seem rather strange to my knowledge i could be mistaken but yeah. HBO sold Warner Brothers to Discovery because it was increasing a various amount of debt. Okay. And then you've had the the Batgirl, which has all been filmed and (laughs) CGI, and then then trash. They're not showing that. Yeah, just put in a vault somewhere. And they're now paying them for a a fifth season, which they're not going to film. Well, what I understand (laughs) is 
obviously there's so quite weird. big name actors yes in this and they have to option them quite early to make sure they don't go off to others because if you lose the cast yeah, yeah. you're yeah. never going to get them back because they're all oh, such no. big name actors so you have to vetty pay them up front well, long before you start filming, and then it contracts are signed. I, I, I yeah. got to admit, I could be mistaken. I, I don't know the nuances of filmmaking. Yeah. But to my mind, it does seem like throwing good cash after bad yeah. down a big yeah. hole. A big yeah. so I think hole. they estimated they'd be out of pocket ten to fifteen million yeah. for the good cast. Grief. Yeah. They have to pay, which is a lot less than the hundred million it would cost them to make the oh, yeah, season. So, right, you, you, you push them off into something else. <laughs> yeah. You've paid. For them, it's, use them. It's still a number with six zeros after. Yeah. 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 So any addendums? Any addendums? There isn't any addendums. I have two. Ooh. Count them. Oh. Two Ooh. addendums. Addendum one mm-hmm. is thanks to Dean. All right. Take a look at this. I am passing a tablet over to Andy mm-hmm. and listen to the reaction. Thank you, Dean. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excellent. Yeah. Just in time for Halloween, or just missed Halloween as well? <laughs> just missed. For those of us out there who don't have a tablet, is it Degassi? Yes, it is. Degassi are producing Moomin figurines. That will really please Karen. That it's, really will. It's a, it's a collection <laughs> of... hundred piece part work yeah. to build a Moomin house with all the Moomins and the... Oh, good grief. Is it one of these things that's... Sex dungeon and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it one of these things that starts off relatively cheap and ends up being exorbitantly... Yeah, so like, yes. like the first yes. one was 99p. Yeah. And then so it'd probably be like 8,000 pounds or something. Yeah. No, for the whole lot of No, no, per unit. Oh, well, in that case. It's a hundred parts at £10 a piece, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's going to set a worrying trend that is uh, <laughs> as nice as as it is um i'm gonna have to sort of politely decline <laughs> just maybe get the one or two yeah yeah maybe just get the characters when they come out and not get yeah. the house. Yeah. don't bother the houses and the kettle <laughs> yeah. and the... <laughs> probably be quite late in the game though these parts works the first few issues are in shops and then after that mm. they tend yeah. to vanish you have yeah. to have a subscription yeah. right addendum number two Ooh. Mm-hmm. As we know, as we found out, what is it, the last um, instalment of this wonderful podcast, <laughs> that uh, Disney were distributing season 23, or the year 23 Who? Yep. Oh, 23. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a little report that has come up in UK industry TV presses mm-hmm. claims that the BBC's recent deal with uh, Disney granted the House of Mouse worldwide streaming rights mm. for the series outside UK and Ireland from yep. 2023 onwards, yep. which could see the budget of Doctor Who raised from its current approximately 1.1 to 3.4 million per episode to approximately 11.5 million per episode. What? Yeah. That is a massive increase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're giving them a more blank checkbook. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not sure how well this will be spread between Who and its spin-offs, if there is any. Yeah. You yeah. think there's got to be, really, because they're not going to make enough Doctor Who just with it on its own yeah. per year. Yeah. Look at Disney. They've got three, four series a year. Star Wars are going yeah. the same way. You've got yeah. three, you've four got, different series. Yeah, you've got... More if glued the animated. Yeah. Um, multiple Star Wars. You've got multiple DCs. Uh, multiple uh, Marvels. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm. I wonder how true that is. He, he's got Bring some back. <laughs> yeah. They could do. Oh, John uh, Barrowman Barron might be the problem, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to have to hit the Grecian 2000, though. Oh. <laughs> His ageing isn't the problem. It's the 
attitude some people have towards him is yeah. a bit persona yeah. non grata in some places, which is, I think, a little unfair. And, it is. Well, and his um, exhibitionist tendencies. That's that's it. I mean, yeah. he, he has apparently toned them down a hell of a lot because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, He's too old to get it up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, apparently various people did have a word and he had toned it down before the uh, slap on the wrist. But mm. I do like the fact that Janet Fielding was asked the question, does this now mean Tegan is a Disney princess? <laughs> <laughs> to which, of course, she replied, of course, I always was. And to which Barrowman uh, chipped in and said, does that mean Jack is also a princess? <laughs> I don't think you're always about to be a princess just because you're on Disney. But <laughs> 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 oh, well, we'll see what's going to happen. So yeah. This yeah. whole universe That's is it. looking mm. distinctly likely now. Yeah. We, we th- yeah. Just about it before the Disney deal. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, RTD's already said that he wants to do like a multiverse for yeah. Doctor Who. Feels like this has been in the works for quite a while then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... Because it, there's nowhere for it to go before Disney. Yeah. It has always had a large budget for a million. But it all, who always used to have ideas which were something like two million. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it is very difficult to... Even if you've upped the money, you, it's very difficult to get yeah. some of those ideas across. Yeah. Obviously... Bad Wolf are still producing it. Yeah. Not Disney. Mm. But hopefully some of the Disney tech will get down to Cardiff. Well... Like the uh, the, the volume. And the volume would be awesome. Yeah, I think they're that. already doing... They've already got a set up... Like they have a Ma- the Mandalorian mm. with the screens. That is already set up in Bad Wolf. Okay. Before okay. Disney... I know there's been, been criticism of late, saying I overused it in, in Obi-Wan, but I still thought it looked great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's well, like better used... than anything the Doctor's mm. had before. Oh, yeah, yeah they've <laughs> used constantly in Mandalorian, and that has been fantastic. Yeah, sometimes yeah. when you could almost feel like it was a bit constricted, but it's a, a good tool. It shouldn't be the only thing they use. But, no, yeah. with all their uh, scrimping for the previous seasons, they have experience to, to utilise the tools that they have. Mm. We'll see. Yes, we will see. It's going to be interesting to see mm. if it's oh, a, much, if yeah. it is a noticeable change yeah. when we see yeah. the stuff, and they, whether it's going to be on the specials we've already had or not. I guess not if they've already filmed. I think it will be from shooty onwards. Yeah, shooty onwards, yes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. From, <laughs> mm, that's the thing. If Disney Plus is prepared to throw that much money at it, maybe we'll get a Doctor Who movie. In six years. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same. We've got that money now. We can get a movie. Yeah, scores the money. Pete's cooking not good enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they just CGI him. Oh. Yeah, they've they CGI'd him for Rogue mm. One. Yeah, so. exactly. They've got the computer models. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm addendum down. Well, we do have one final addendum, a sad one. Oh, yeah, Dave Keep. Ah, yes. Ooh. Unfortunately, yeah. didn't make it. Unfortunately, yes. Oh, yeah, he died a few days ago oh, after we grief. mentioned him last podcast. Yeah. Mm. Rest yep. in peace, Dave. Yeah. Terrible mm-hmm. news. Yeah. Um, see, we're thinking about Elizabeth. Mm, very uh, yes. much so. Yeah. Yes. It's been a few days and, well, still doesn't quite feel real. We had lots of friends in, in our little community and, yeah. So, and so if you're a podcast uh, a podcast listener, you would have obviously are familiar with him. Oh, yeah. 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 I, he's, I think the, he was the longest running host on WhoCast. Yeah. Which I think uh, he still holds that record today. Um, Elizabeth's on there as well, of course. And Professor Dave's Ark in Space was mm. going on for about 12-odd years. Yeah. Hmm? Not quite yeah. as long as us. Uh, but <laughs> not far off. Uh, yeah. Probably more episodes, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. So terrible news. Yeah, it just doesn't feel real, does it? Yeah. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you knew him, I hope that you join mm. us in charging your glasses. Yeah, raise a mm. glass to him. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dave Keep. Mm.
Well, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's move rapidly on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You can always catch him. He's the feed's still there for yeah. Presto's Ark in Space. So, give him a listen. Definitely give him a listen. Okay. Right. Wataka. Something happier, yes. Wataka, yes. Let's go to a bit of Chiptaka. <laughs> 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 Sounds like a character from Char Tarzan. <laughs> Chiptaka. Pause for music. Well, what can we say? The uh, Another chapter in the Hooniverse has mm, closed. Come to a close. Yeah. We and have the, yeah, the three years' worth of Wataka and Chibbers. Chibnall. David. David. Chris Chibnall. <laughs> Christopher H. Chibnall. Yeah. It's not his A, isn't it? Um, yeah, so he's actually more than three years. It's three seasons and uh, yeah, three a bunch seasons. of specials. When did... There was a gap year somewhere as well. Well, this year has sort of been a gap year, hasn't it? Plus, was there one around the pandemic? I can't remember. I think it may have been delayed due to the pandemic. Yeah, certainly foreshortened. Yeah. But it is an era which has sparked much debate, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's polarised opinion. Most it definitely. has indeed. It's been, it's been a... A divisive. Mm. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah in fact, uh, the weekend I was said on Facebook, I was going to watch a few episodes yeah. to catch up and uh, said I had some of my favourites. And then somebody came along and said, you can't really like it. You're just doing this because you're some kind of shill. <laughs> just because uh, you're a podcast, you have to say you like everything Doctor Who related. And they, oh, no, really? No, <laughs> I, I, I've got to rem- I remember early on in the Chibnall era having to defend various things that you've, you you didn't like. Well, indeed. And if you listen to the last podcast, I was a bit dismissive of the uh, power of the Doctor. Mm. So <laughs> I definitely am not entirely rosy about it. But no. actually, there's a lot which is good about it. And a lot of a lot of stories, individual stories, which I really enjoy. It's a mixed bag. But then every era is a mixed bag. Yes. As I was mentioning to the car on the drive up, it's only been three seasons. Mm, yes. Whereas both Russell T and Moffat got a lot more. Well, yeah. RTD obviously had four and specials. Moffat had, was it six? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah, it must be three so, of each. Doctor. So there's, there is a lot of opp- more opportunity in both of those seasons t- to shine. Mm. I think the main problem with being the showrunner is... If anything goes wrong, or any stories that don't hit the mark, it's your fault. Oh, of course. If, yeah. if any yeah. stories are astounding and excellent, it's down to the writer. Yeah. <laughs> so you're even on, though the head writer goes over everything. Yeah. So you're you're on a losing streak. Well, I mean that that is. Well, one if of, you're the writer, then. <laughs> yeah. That that is one of the things that um, Russell T said in uh, what is it the, uh, the writer's tale. The writer's tale. Yeah. yeah. Anything great happens, the writer always gets. The praise. Anything bad, then it's yeah, the showrunner's yeah. fault. But if they're the so, same person, then... Yeah, if they're the same person. And I've got to admit, Chibnall was in a lot of the credits, sort of sharing credit with... He did do a bit more credit sharing than, than the other ones. Yeah. But actually, some of the better episodes often aren't his. Yeah. Which, in Moffat's time, I feel like a lot of the best ones in his era are his. Or there are some exceptions. Mm. Yeah. And also, again, you don't know... What Moffat has done because he hasn't, he may have taken a polish over everything, yeah. But the, it's the, the level of that polish, yeah, yeah. So he's had a hand in, like Russell T, he has a hand in everything. <laughs> and, and Sarah Jane, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> excuse me, a few minutes, listener. I just have to cleanse my mind, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I'm, I'm quite sure Chibnall has had a polish over everything as well. That, is one, that yeah. is one of the jobs these days of uh, the showrunner. 
in New Who, the showrunner is ultimately the head script editor as well. Yeah. There is yeah. a script editor, but anything they do can be overridden by yeah. the showrunner. Yeah. I just wonder, there's a sneaking part of me, a sadistic sneaking part of me, remembering the points of view interview. Yeah. I yeah. just wonder if... That's going back to him. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the, oh, well, it would do. It yeah, would do. Yeah. If there's any point that he seeks out John Nathan Turner's grave and apologises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't points of view, was it? I can't remember if it was actually called the programme. But he was, he was sat there in the audience, general, yeah. a very young general. A very uh, late teens, Late teens, probably. Yeah. yeah. And criticising, was it, uh, Terrell Verboys, I think? I can't remember which uh, one Directly yeah. to Pip and Jane Baker, who were sat in the studio right yeah. opposite him. <laughs> yeah. It was really quite rough. It was. It um, was. And yeah, you must look back at that now and think, oh. <laughs> <laughs> did I really do that? <laughs> if I would not like to be in their position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he effectively has been, although not often directly to his face, but no, no, with the, modern well, the, multimedia and, so know, and social media. Yeah, so history is basically repeating yeah. itself. That's yeah. where the buck stops. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, standout points. Yes. Let's go for the good stuff. I Let's have start a, where it began. Like, what did we think of like how she was introduced? I, Ooh, I mm, the, yes. um, the woman who fell to earth. I liked enormously when it was yep. broadcast. I, the couple of times I've gone back to it because I'm rather strange Who fan. I don't necessarily go back. You know, what are we going to watch tonight? I know I'll stick on a Doctor yeah, Who. Me, I me don't neither. do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I You're only awesome. go back and watch things specifically for this podcast. Yeah. But I have good memories of um, Woman Fell to Earth. The yeah. times I have caught it, I've stopped and watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was full of lovely potential. Mm. Yeah. It's one of my favourites, if not possibly my favourite of the era. Yeah, it's certainly my favourite of the first that first season. Mm. And there's some really strong stuff in the first season too. Likes of Rosa, Demons of the Punjab, Kablam. Yeah, some really good stuff in season 11, I think. Yeah. Series 11. Mm. I mean, I'd say for the most part, Jodie Whittaker hit the ground running. Oh, God! Apart, yeah. Yeah. apart from the times when she collapsed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, as, as a doctor, as a doctor, I think she was fantastic. Mm. Yeah. She's hit all the points... The overriding impression I get of this doctor is of enthusiasm. Yes, certainly, oh, very much so. Yeah. Certainly, where um, twelve ended up, which was very down, very low, yes. deciding whether he should continue or not. Yeah, yeah. He had a bit of a journey. He started really grumpy and ended up pretty. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was a different form of grumpiness. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, yeah. But After through lightened up. A bit. Yeah, so through the, through the a constant, except for maybe one or two wobbles. And, <laughs> and to my knowledge, only one Dark Doctor, only mm. one piece of Dark Doctor, she's mostly been enthusiastic to yeah. uh, mm. uh, up to 11. So I like <laughs> that um, with first like episode and first two episodes, that was like a two-parter in the yeah. way that they mm. yeah. didn't force all of it into one story. And yeah. they gave her like Doctor's mm. introduction over two episodes. So like, we had uh, the first episode of her being introduced and then like the companions as well. And then in the second episode, it was all about this mysterious monument or something, which yeah. then ended up being the TARDIS. So yeah. we yeah. were slowly introduced to like her Doctor finding new elements. Mm. Yeah. yeah, going back to what you were saying about sort of her energy, so to yes. speak, she was very much, well, all throughout her tenure, she was very much mirroring sort of David Tennant. Sort of, when he gets his, he grabs hold of a stream of thought. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, to me, I feel she's more like Matt Smith's Doctor. Mm. Okay. It's that sort of energy to her. She didn't Maybe quite a combination have... of both. 
Mm, yeah, maybe, I, maybe yeah. a combination. I, I, of those. I gotta, personally, I think it's different from. There is strong, but it's been different from Matt and from well, David it's really to my mind. But, but yeah, it's, it's the energy. I thought she doesn't have quite the level of darkness that Matt Smith's Doctor went no. to occasionally. I can only recount one episode where we went dark, and that yeah. was the village uh, villa Diodati, mm, yeah. which was that one little monologue. Yeah, it's pretty rare. But generally, yes, she was fairly upbeat, which I know people have complained about. I think I've complained about it occasionally. But actually, looking back at it as a whole, it feels right. That's, that's her doctor, which yeah. is fine. She doesn't have to have a really dark side just because other doctors did. Yeah. No reason why she should have had, had it, that. It, it seemed to me that I, I could be digressing. I could be, uh, I don't mean to diminish her, but it seems to me that this persona took on board what 12 said at the end yeah. you know uh, uh have fun whatever it was yeah have fun uh never ever eat pears yeah always yeah. be yeah. kind yeah it just it seemed that the persona seemed to take on yeah the big fool or cowardly and all that yeah, yeah. just seemed yeah. to take on that advice and embrace it yeah uh, but yeah i liked like several of the episodes in the first series um first series so like obviously I did like the first two episodes because it was setting her yeah. her up mm. oh, yeah. in the series. I liked Rosa Arachnids in the UK. was <laughs> okay. <laughs> I liked the Tsongrua conundrum. Yeah, I so quite I like that. that. Yeah. I think it was mainly just because of the little creature. I loved the putting. It was cute. <laughs> but it was a good story as well. Like a nice yeah. little like, space, like futuristic story. Mm-hmm. Um, Demons of the Punjab. I don't remember much about. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> like, to be honest, like, it's not one that I'd be like, oh, I could watch it again. Like, I know what it's about. So it's one that mm-hmm. I've kind of forgotten about. I'd need yeah. to go back and watch to remind myself. Mm. I mean, well... Kablam, I enjoyed. Yeah. I did have a little bit of trepidation with her Demons of the Punjab. A couple of the episodes, you know, like Rose, I have been a little bit preachy. So, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say woke as such, but mm. I mean, uh, Demons of the Punjab, it, still, it dealt more with the aftermath of the partition as opposed to the events. Yeah. So, yeah. That transpired, I mean, which I did breathe a sigh of relief about. The term preachy and woke has been levelled a lot mm, at this. Yeah. But if you look back, Green Death is about pollution. Mm, uh, yeah. Monster of Peladon is about enter into the European common market. Uh, Minor strikes and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. We've even up recently, you've had uh, Planet of the Ood, which is... Mm basically saved slavery which is yeah. still oh, yeah. going on in yeah, so yeah. there has always been this preachy aspect mm. it's just i think the combination of a female doctor a multiracial cast and mm. the fact that there seems to be a, a various anti-woke movement backlash at the moment yes. that it has become more focused yeah Although, yeah, because um, Praxius, the second season, that was about like recycling and global yeah. warming stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Although, if you look at Off 55, the end of that was perhaps a little too preachy yeah. in the way it approached it. Yeah. But it had the right message. It was just a little bit too on the nose, maybe. <laughs> that, that final shot, save the world or you'll become one of these creatures. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> but it does feel like Chibnall came in wanting it to be more of an issues-based yeah. series. Got dyspraxia with... with mm. um, Vine? 
Ryan, thank you. <laughs> that guy who was in a couple of seasons. Uh, <laughs> you've got, obviously, you've got Graham with his cancer and mm, that's like, yeah. being written on that. Yeah. The loss of Grace. Each character had their issues. Even Yaz, who was barely there for the first couple of seasons. But even she eventually was given an issue of having this past she had the depression. And, that dealt with depression and stuff, yeah, which was, and all that. Yeah, really thing. good. Although it was barely touched on, but it, it was there a bit. So, yeah, I think Chimble did come in with that in mind, although he arguably didn't really follow through with a lot of it. Minor points or anti-points, I think, has been the fact that they haven't been able to write for all three characters. Yes. Or all four characters. Mm, yeah. I've, we've had four... We've had a TARDIS fall before. Mm-hmm. The Doctor, Tegan, Nyssa, Adric. And it didn't work back then. Well... <laughs> One of them always get left in the dust. <laughs> hmm. But it seemed to be more—it seemed to be more noticeable this time round. It's they, not quite as bad as this character is going to be left in the TARDIS for the entire story, well, or under a grate on the floor for an entire episode. It wasn't quite that bad, but they didn't have much to do on their own. They were just part of the group. Personally, just... I, I think it was worse. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's been so. There's the Doctor fighting uh, this this monster. Ryan's doing that. Graham's running over there. Oh yeah, and Yaz came to yeah <laughs> which was, was much yeah. more noticeable through the first oh, for the two oh, yeah. seasons yeah. yeah i mean it wasn't every episode nissa got left in the tardis it wasn't every episode <laughs> tegan got trapped under the floor yeah maybe not just felt like it <laughs> yeah it, it did feel like he went in he had this great idea for these companions you you had the the police officer you had the the older guy you you had the the younger action man type despite dyspraxia <laughs> uh, so yeah we've got these great characters and they have great time with each other they didn't really know how he's going to use them yeah the flux series was better utilizing the character but we we lost one basically because we well, got kind replacing... of, then we gained three more <laughs> <laughs> It's also been a return of lots and lots of old enemies, enemies and adversaries as well. well. It wasn't Which is interesting, beginning. yeah, because yeah. I say the first season, we didn't have any old characters well, until, no. until the Christmas episode. Yeah. Which I think was disappointing. I would like to have seen them do more with the Tenza. The, yeah, Tenza. 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 The way, to my mind, the way it was setting up, certainly in the first two episodes, is they were going to muscle in to be the big bad. Yes. Yeah. And I would like to have seen them run into something that is properly big bad, like Cybermen or Daleks, mm, yeah. and yeah. be creamed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the, the yeah. big I am on the block and to yeah. just be splat by these old time monsters. But that mm. never happened, unfortunately. Yeah, it's quite distinct eras of Chibnall. Each season is very different. The f- his first season, he had no returning yeah. anything, really, from the original. Uh, then, obviously, in the special, you had Daleks, but then they got rid of Unit for yeah. no reason. And then in his second season, you start to get them all coming back. Yeah. Oh, good grief. Master, well, Sidemen, Daleks, mm. you name it. Everything, well, everything as, was back. As resolution, I mean, sort of, you know, she do- yeah, encounters a Dalek for the first time, so. Yeah. And then in the third one, it's all one big story and all quite jumbled up. Yeah, it would be young. nice to have been, because I think Flux was going to happen, whatever. Flux. Yes, I assume so. It's it just was meant that, to be more episodes. Yeah, originally. it just got curtailed by yeah. the pandemic. It would have nice to have known what actually would have happened properly there, you know. Because yeah. I think it, supposedly it was going to be like a proper like series of like individual episodes like we usually get, but yeah. then because of COVID, they restructured it and then it works better for them because they could focus more on like making a smaller story through some episodes. Mm. That's what I've read. See, un- unfortunately, to my mind, with certainly with Flux, 
it suffered from the chibnall problem of throwing everything at the wall and yeah. see what sticks. <laughs> I think Flux you know, sort of lived up to its title very much. I mean, at, at times it could be something of a glorious mess. I mean, the standout yeah. episode from Flux for me was the Angel one, mm, yeah. yes. which, yes. Was, yeah. which oh, yes. was vastly superior than, than anything I've seen in the Chibnall era. Oh, really? Okay, it's really good. Definitely. If I if I have to, you know, so there's been a couple that have gone. Oh yeah, that's spectacular. That episode was good. And we sit at the end of the season. What did you enjoy? Well, I enjoyed this one, this one, and this one. They were fantastic. Out of all of the flux, uh, flux, flux. I only <laughs> really enjoyed the angel one. Mm, yeah. yeah, finish with the angel. So, so you're yeah. saying that like that would be the one if you had to pick from any of Jodie's, you'd go to that it, one, or okay, we have to descale de- uh, de- it. Uh, <laughs> if I have to pick one. That would be in the village of the angels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. If I'm allowed to uh, break it down a bit, it would be uh, village of the angels. The second season, it would have been the Villa Dilatati yes. and Spyfall. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then out the first season, it would have been the woman who fell to earth, the ghost monument. Okay. Mm. Those were the standout ones. Yeah. But so if you narrow me down to one, then it has to be time of the angels because that's Cause, spectacular. Yeah, cause it's interesting because like obviously we're each gonna have our own certain. Like, episodes yeah. were so i'll go through mine as well i've got a few yeah. different ones obviously i like the first two episodes because like i say it introduces the doctor and the tardis i liked rosa this conundrum kablam they were like the standout ones for the first series i did enjoy spyfall um nikola tesla's one was quite cool but mm-hmm. the standout one for me was fugitive of the june because yep. i liked the story and it just had so many different elements and there were a few surprises and there were genuine surprises Yep. Um, can you hear me? I really liked as well, like for the plot and like, that story. Also, the haunting was quite cool. Then I liked the specials, and I think I would agree with you. Like in Flux, Village of the Angels was the standout. Mm. The last series uh, of specials, I think, even the Daleks was possibly my favorite. Yeah, probably. <laughs> even though the power of the Doctor was good, I think even the Daleks, yeah. like purely just, for just its plot tipped. and the fact that we had like that time travel element of the story it just mm. it kind of worked mm. a bit really well yeah i think they're my standout ones if i was to go yeah. through and oh, that's, if i may that's the trouble he mentions things and i think oh yeah that actually was a good <laughs> one yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well spyfield we all know sort of the return of a scenery chewing master <laughs> yeah, i mean that's yeah. all i'm going to say about Sasha. yeah Sasha we should Go talk on. about him probably but yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think we have to say like mm. he was amazing as the master <laughs> and um, fugitive of the Jadoon. You know, Captain Jack makes a reappearance. Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I still don't feel like he had any particular place in the plot. Yeah, no, it was just nice. It was just nice to see him. Like the classic Doctor's turning mm, up. Yeah. in the edge of existence. He had no basis to the plot and mm-hmm. power of the Doctor, but it is good fun. Yeah. I, I liked it as well though because it was like the Joe Martin Doctor's reveal, and I loved that, like the way they did that and how it was a well, slow was burner. And yes. then, yeah. yeah. And later on in the series, you see sort of quite a few plot threads being laid down as well. I mean, obviously there was the partially reconstructed um, Cyberman in uh, the Haunting of La Villa Strangiato. What else is there? Yeah, oh, that's right. He was he was a great villain. Mm-hmm. Which is something which season one really lacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. season one is. Yeah. I'll concur. Yes, and uh, yeah, Revolution of the Daleks. It's the second season where you see all the sort of traditional old foes come in, sort of making, yeah, sort of making a reappearance. 
Revolution is the one with the drone Daleks, right? Mm-hmm. All these Dalek names <laughs> blaring yeah. to one. So I bet you, Adam, if you were to go through like her whole series, her so whole many. time as the yeah, Doctor, yeah. what episodes stand out to you? It's it is quite front heavy. So Woman Who Fell to Earth, possibly my favourite of the uh, the era. There's something about the first episodes, of Doctors. Yeah, yeah. Like Eleventh Hour is my favourite ever Doctor Who. Yeah. Rose, the episode, brilliant, wonderful. Christmas Evasion again, mm. a little less so, unfortunately, with uh, Deep Breath. But, but mm. generally, the first ones have something special about them and wouldn't fail to worth. Brilliant. Rosa, classic. And again, a, an issues thing, but done really well. Yeah. yeah. Serenka Conundrum I quite enjoy, although it's a piece of fluff, but there's, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Yeah. Themes of Punjab, I think it's another great issues-led historical there's one thing you can say about Chimmel's era, his historicals have tended to be oh, yeah. shoulders above most. Well, th- this is yeah, it's it's ones that I've noticed the pseudo historicals, yes, which we've had, are usually been just as heavy on the sci-fi as it has on the historical. But to my mind, the Chibnall ones have been very light they on the have. sci-fi, mm. like Deems of the Punjab. There are aliens there. Didn't really have much to do with the plot. Really. It was just mm. chewed in, and it worked fine. It's much more about the reality of what happened yeah. there. Yeah. And the same with Rosa. Okay, you've got a guy trying to change time, but it's all about what really happened. Yeah. It was yeah. the look on their faces when they realised that they're the ones to have to not move. Yes, oh yeah. Yeah, some great stuff, particularly with Graham there. Yeah, that, uh, I yeah. don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Wishfinder's a little less so. That's a bit more sci-fi-ish. Yeah. And as such, it's not quite as good as the other two, I think. It Takes You Away is oddly fun. Quite a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a bit bloated in the middle, but yeah. quite enjoyed. Even the frog at the end. The frog. <laughs> uh, I know it gets a lot of, a lot of hate. A lot of flack. Um, yeah. Quite fun. Quite <laughs> yeah. amusing and uh, seems fitting in a way. So, I keep thinking about frog? the Hypnotoad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All praise the Hypnotoad. <laughs> Spyfall Part 1 was great. Spyfall yeah. Part oh, yes. 2, a little bit less so, but still fun. And again, showing from historical figures, although out of context, really. Yeah. They're just there. Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, really good. Fugitive Jadoon, really good. Haunting Villa Dati, a classic, I think. War of the Centaurans for Flux, yeah. rather good. Village of the Angels, obviously superb. Interestingly, in Flux, the two Flux. semi-standalone ones are the ones which really work. Mm. The other ones, I couldn't even tell you what happened in Survivors of the Flux or the Vanquishers in yeah. general. They just sort of blur into one. But least favourite, one fifty-five. No, probably Battle of Ranskor Av Kolos. Mm. <laughs> I still have to look no, up to this day. Round of applause. He pronounced it's written, yeah, written down. I still have to look it up to find out what the hell it's called. <laughs> Chibnall is not good with uh, his names. No. Like, no. what's the name of that creature in the uh, Power of the Doctor? Quaranx or something? Oh, yeah. I keep thinking of calling him Quidditch. <laughs> that what is up with his names really yeah. <laughs> also some of these Chibnall is quite good in highlighting a real life location yeah so we had Sheffield in the first season in particular of his stuff and in Flux we have Liverpool yeah and it's quite fun that, to see places you know they actually yeah they've moved out there they've gone they, they've gone they, they haven't there. as we've had with uh, certainly the classic series go down to Little Hampton and call it Scotland <laughs> <laughs> yeah indeed <laughs> you, know, so yeah. you can't actually recognise yeah. anything yeah not like Cardiff as London <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so we've seen Liverpool uh, I know there I've been there I've been there I've been yeah there. even in Rosa because that was shot in Cape Town. Yeah. I recognised some of those areas yeah. too. As you say, it didn't look like 
England pretending to be somewhere else. No, because it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. It, it wasn't Alabama, are they? It was Cape Town, but... Yeah. But it's the nearest thing they could find, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The architecture and the vehicles. Yeah. I'm just not, like going through um, for, like the guest stars as well. So this is a little bit different, but... Yeah. I'm noticing the trend on here that most of them were comedians. Yeah, there's yeah, like Aisling B. Um, is Alan Cumming comedian? Yeah, okay. well, he's more of an actor, but he's okay. been a humorous. Stephen yeah. Fry, yeah. Um, Lenny Henry, Lee Mack. Mm. Yeah, a lot of these people are actors yeah. as well, but they're, they're definitely yeah. more yeah. on the comedy well, side. As I of say, Len- Lenny Henry certainly early on in his career was a, as a stand-up comedian. Mm. He ha- he's gone more into acting, but it's been on the stage. He hasn't mm. been a television star for quite or character for quite some time. Mm. Yeah, he's had a bit of TV acting. Mm. Yeah, he's he done was TV in work, the yeah. new Lords of the Rings mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah, now he's been in Lord of the. Yeah, but yeah. then when he appeared in Staff uh, Spyfall, mm. yeah, and then obviously one of the main cast of the latter series, John Bishop, like oh, he yeah. was a comedian, or yeah, known as a comedian, mm-hmm. yeah. But then obviously Bradley um, Walsh, uh, yeah, Bradley Walsh as well. Bradley Walsh. When I first heard he was going to be in it, my heart fell because no, he's a compare. He's a. Compare. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> <laughs> that he's yeah. also been in Law and Order yeah. UK, okay. yeah. and he yeah. was in yeah. Sarah Jane Adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I forgot that. Mm. He had a hand in Sarah Jane too. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's just, I don't know if that's different. Have they done that with like having many like comedian actors in the well, past? Well, they or, did and, a bit of that. Uh, yeah. But well. it seems to certainly be a trend like for the Wataga area. I mean, like. even in the classic series, <laughs> Nicholas Parsons. Yeah. 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 So, as you say, a compare and a quiz show host, you know, Ken Dodd, yep. yeah. comedian yep. and uh, yeah, yeah, tax, yeah. tax dodger. Hail and pace. Hail and pace, yes. Yeah, J&T was uh, quite one for getting... Stunt. Mm, stunt casting, getting some names in there for the tabloids. It's, again, it, it's quite an interesting comparison. Yeah. J&T and, and mm. Chibnall. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Particularly given how critical he exactly. <laughs> Chibnall that's, was. That's of, was yeah. Apparently of J&T's time. And then he goes and takes a whole idea of the other, the the mysterious yes. whatever backstory of the Sylvester McCoy's Doctor yeah. Yeah. and sorts of runs with it, plays about with it a bit. This is where I think I've got to be a slight bit of a criticism because I don't have a criticism of the Fugitive Doctor. I okay. don't criticise that or the expanding the Doctor's uh, back history. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I'm for all for that. I think it was too much of a spotlight shown on it and it was brought front and centre. Okay. I would have been much happier if it sort of just ran in the background as a question mark. Yeah, mm. okay. Not so spotlighted. Yeah. I did see a YouTube video today of somebody really lambasting Chibnall for having brought in this concept and then just dropping it. But I think that was the point. Yeah. It was to hint at this or actually outright say there's something more than you know. Yeah. But never actually answer it. And yeah. Chibnall himself, I think, in a D.W. interview said he doesn't know the origin of the Doctor. No. He doesn't know where the Doctor came from. No. And that's mm. probably mm. right. He shouldn't know. It should never be answered. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It. it shouldn't yeah. be answered. It shouldn't. I just think it was drawn into the light far too much. Maybe, okay. but you've got it, to make it so obvious that everybody's going to get it. Oh, yeah, there is more. It's not just bad writing. <laughs> well, that goes, yeah, that goes down to as well. Like, we don't know the doctor's name. Yeah. We don't know his real name. Like, it's been mentioned several times. This is his John Smith, Merlin, all these other names. It's supposedly the doctor is. But, but again, it's that element of not knowing. Yeah, well, they, they, they did it perfectly in the first run with his name. Cartmill. Cartmel, yeah, they'd yeah. done it in the first... It was just the, the occasional line that was dropped. 
mm. the uh, the silver nemesis when she yeah. threatened to tell his secrets. We don't care about his secrets. But difference there is he did actually have an idea what it was, he, which he, is probably a mistake. But I don't think so because you it, don't. You it, should create something where you don't know the answer yourself. We don't know what was going to happen to it because it, it just got cut off when the it show did, but they when went the, into a lot in the, when the, the show books. ended they went into a lot with the books but that was again a different aspect it may have been changed i don't know the full situation about that i have read the books i, yeah, I yeah. know where where you're coming from with that yeah, yeah. but it, in the tv series it was just hinted at mm. which i think was much better than what we got with chibnall yeah, although I do fear that Cartmel was going to go some way toward answering it, which would have been a mistake. Which certainly implied by the books that he would have gone further. But with the books, it's um, not only his; it's a few other people's ideas as well. Oh yeah, and I think it so, was in yeah. reality it's the Cartmel master plan. But it, it, these other writers, like Ronovich and whatever, you were involved with. In. So one thing I want to say as well is, um, I just think Jodie did a really good job. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, she yeah. did so good in like because it must have been such a pressure on her to be like right you're going to be like the first female, female doctor, doctor. Mm. and also this is a massive thing for the show and there are going to be haters yeah. uh, but yep. people are going to like it. and there were a massive this is the amount. not a massive but i did hear and have since myself yeah. where i heard like guys particularly like say oh my god it's gonna be why does it have to be a female doctor well, like you've got female don't she, need a james, female james bond and all that kind yeah. of stuff she got uh, <laughs> a hell of a lot of online twitter flack yeah, as exactly. most people do yeah. when they introduce mm-hmm. something new or or take a, a, a left turn from what is established. Yeah, exactly. But because it was like a left turn to like a female doctor, it wasn't just like, oh, another actor. It's yeah. like she got that extra slack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think she's done an amazing job like sticking yeah. with it. And like she's shown her passion for the role like yeah. in extra things. Like the main example that stood out for me was during COVID. Yeah. When she did that video message mm. to everyone like... Obviously, you've seen stuff with her doing the publicity and, like, uh, interviews and stuff. You kind of see, like, how love she has for it anyway. Yeah. And I've known her from, like, in Broadchurch as that, her yep. work and that as well. So I knew yep. she was a good actor already. But, yeah, for me, the standout point was the fact that she did that video message during COVID. And that was, like, we found out afterwards, generally, like, her idea. Yeah. It was, like, she it's... wanted to do something as the doctor be like... I want to help. <laughs> the only thing that worries me slightly about that is it was done. She was in a wardrobe somewhere. Or I'm assuming it's at home. So it was yeah, done over. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact that she'd obviously taken the costume home. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're thinking what I mean. But yeah, no, exactly. she, she's gone above and beyond what was required. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, you've got yeah. the press conference, you've got the the media circuit, but she's gone above and beyond. Exactly, like she's she obviously respects the role and she yeah. respects how big of a thing it is to the fans and stuff. That yeah. she's gone. Okay, I know everyone's struggling a bit at the minute, like I'm struggling, but I've got the costume. Whatever reason, I have the costume, yeah. but I could do something. And yeah. so she messaged Chris and said, "Can we write a little something to like mm-hmm. for me to do and yeah. send out?" Not so much, but to a certain extent, it's like Tom Baker stopped smoking in public because he was now the doctor. Yeah, mm-hmm. and kids see him smoke. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's all in that vein. Yeah, you, you, you're having to put on that little bit of extra effort to, to cement it. Mm. Yeah, she must have had a, a lot of hate. But looking at the Comic Con thing, that the, the cues for her were massive. Yeah. So she's got a lot of love as well. Oh so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I was literally what I was going to talk about as well. Like, yeah. Comic Con, like when I saw her at the con, like just you could see her love for it and her love for the <laughs> yeah. fans. Like when she was pretty, she was so you could see the genuine happiness on her face and stuff when she was enjoying it and like yeah. she loved meeting all the fans and stuff and yeah. all the people dressed up as her 
Yeah, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. Massive queues, much more than I ever expected. Yeah. Probably more than, well, I say more than any other guest there. Yeah. yeah. By, by a long margin, yeah. Good. Yeah. And she's going again um, to Comic Con in a couple of weeks. Yeah, she yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And there is rumours she's at Gallifrey 1. Yes. Yeah. 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 Should we go? We should go. <laughs> yeah, we should go. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to Gallifrey 1. I've never been. Well, she has yet to meet the head of Pertwee. Oh, that's very true. No, she has. Yeah. She oh, has. We haven't I, said hello I, to the head of Pertwee. Hello, head of Pertwee. Hello, handles. Hello, handles. Skull's Skull. still there. Skull. Oh, uh, yes. Inky McSquirtslot. Graham. Terence. Various nebulas. Pond. Nazi Spark. The orange glow of Clara. What are 11 and 13 bears doing right now? No, don't ask. Don't ask. But yeah, back to Jody. I have enjoyed our herbal trail. You've enjoyed. I love, also, there's another slight aspect of it I love is the, uh, I don't want to say klutz, but the inability to handle emotions. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah mm. I agree with that. I mean, right? I liked got, that element as well. You got the scene where um, Graham is trying to tell him uh, about the cancer and his feelings like, okay, I'm just going to go over here mm. now. Yeah, yeah. And the goodbye to Dan. She just mm. stood at the door. That was very to, mm, to turn, that was. Yeah, yeah. turn around and yeah. closed yeah. it because it was... A situation mm. you couldn't handle. Yeah, yeah. That one. That was one thing that did take me aback. Sort of the unexpected and yeah, an early departure of Dan. Yeah, I presume that was a logistical problem with uh, John Bishop. Yeah, yeah. I presume so. Like, I think by then he probably touring or something. So like, yeah, I think there was talk he was, he was clashing with a tour. But so it, it does. A few it, days. It does work. It, it's interesting the fact that it works slightly with the character, as in Yaz is all there and up for everything, mm. and you know <laughs> she's been through danger, life-threatening terror, mm-hmm. but she's still like Dan just got shot in the face, mm, and it yeah. brought it all home to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's to, to that shades, the thing. shades so, of Victoria. Yeah. Some people react differently to danger. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, sort of, yeah. there are people like Dan, sort of one sort of shot in the you know, in the visor, and that's it. I'm <laughs> off. Yeah. And there again, there are some people just dote on it so. yeah. yeah but as I say it just reminded me shades of Victoria mm, she's yeah. completely out of her depth and doesn't really want to be here mm. going back to that aspect of her doctor again that seems a bit more like Smith and yeah. Tennant was much more human with emotions mm. uh, and also Capaldi to an extent particularly early Capaldi which was trying to be quite emotionally mm. distant yeah well mm. as I said Tennant I get the, his doctor very much wore his heart on his sleeve yes and certainly smith got more involved with the private life of his companions i rory and amy very yeah. involved in uh, river's private life <laughs> <laughs> yes that was one thing i was going to mention because tenant's doctor has been human in family of blood and uh, yeah. yes. yes he is more able to empathize with his companions mm. yeah and also him and Rose, there's a similar thing with Yaz and the Doctor, although it came out very differently. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Tennant and Rose, it was going to happen if they were around together long enough. Mm. Obviously, they got split up. But with uh, Yaz and the Doctor, it's almost like it could never have happened, even though they both wanted it to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I there think... again, so when they fell on that mattress, I thought, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> that's all I got in the entire episode of him. The final scene, them on top of the TARDIS so on their post-coital ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> is that the right term for two women? I'm not sure. <laughs> Karen isn't here. I can come over and give you a slap. <laughs> I think you could even if she was here. <laughs> well, it makes a change from a post-coital cigarette. I mean, 
So is that us summed up on uh, the guitar? Sure, there's much more to talk about. Um, Chibtaka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chibtaka. <laughs> it still sounds like a character oh. Tarzan. <laughs> I will say of Chibnall's writing, particularly when we look at something like uh, Power of the Doctor or Flux, what's he, Flux was troubled in yeah. many ways. And I think it feels like Power of the Doctor was a bit troubled too. I don't know why, but maybe it's an editing issue or trying to cut it down too much. Yeah. But his plots feel like I've got quite a bit of redundancy in them, the things which don't really lead anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas if you look at Moffat's, at least Moffat's best episodes, it's like a finely crafted machine where everything leads to the final point. Everything is important. Yeah. That isn't true of, I think, any of Chibnall's scripts. Well, this is it. I mean, I, I, I'm going back to another criticism, unfortunately. Certainly in RTD's era, mm-hmm. you had the Moffat episodes which came up, yes. which you knew were going to be good. Yes. And nine times out of ten, they were good. Yeah, so I'd say all of them I think, were. Yeah, they, My least favourite is yeah, uh, Girl in the Fireplace, even they, that is. It's, yeah, it, they, they hit at different peaks. Yeah. Where uh, Chibnall's was always meh to me. You had 42, which was okay. <laughs> and then through the Moffat era, I think the Silurian two-parter, yeah. which was a rewrite of, uh, I think it was an eight-episode Pertwee story. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And I found it boring, the Pertwee story, and I didn't find it much better as a Matt Smith story. Yeah, it needs more for those there was nothing. Parts. There was nothing in his pre-Who that made me anticipate his yeah. tenure. Okay. And, of course, he did... The first couple of seasons of Torchwood. Which, again... It got better, but Torchwood really hit a high when RTD took over yeah. for, for Children of Earth. Yeah. yeah. And then it went off the rails again when the Americas got involved. Mm. But, um, <laughs> there we go. It does make me wonder where we're going to go after RTD 2. Yeah. I don't think Moffat's ever going to do it again. I think I don't... after having done it for eight years or whatever, had it, I think, nine years, I think he's probably... I think if, we, if he ever does it again, it's going to be a couple of decades will have passed under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, so, you might be tempted back for a story or two this is this is it you the showrunners at the moment have had a who history they have been fans at the very least yeah is that necessarily the way to go not necessarily you need someone who's got history as a showrunner not mm. necessarily history as a who fan show no, well, now disney is involved to some extent certainly financially uh, look at what they're doing with star wars and who have you got running it you've got star wars fans yeah favreau yeah favreau even one i think you're both feloni feloni yeah two f's favreau and feloni uh feloni being the guy who studied under george lucas and yeah favreau obviously coming up through the mcu in some ways i think you do need a fan in some form to run it because they need to know about some of the history of the show or what it really is like if you get someone that doesn't know the show are they're not going to understand it as well I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so. I mean, Philip Hinchcliffe wasn't a fan in the classic series, and he has done one of the most phenomenal. His, his shows are class, quite a few of them are classed as classics. Yes, uh, I, but it's a different job. I think. Back then. He, I he think also. Holmes. I think also relying on the past too much is detrimental to the series. Watching some of the reactors mm. for Power of the Doctor. Okay. Tegan, Ace, nothing. They're just characters. Who are yeah, they? Well, I don't know mm, these people. Yeah. Most of the Doctors are... So who's that? Oh, is that um, one of the old Doctors? That's the eighth looking at uh, Peter Davison. Oh. <laughs> you know, they... <laughs> yeah. For, for yeah. old stuff, East, certain Easter eggs... Only appeal to old farts like me. Mm, yeah. I am no mm. longer the lifeblood of the series. 
I mean, mm. youngish folks like me, I recognise those classic things, mm. but maybe but, is that because I'm just such a Doctor fan? I it, yeah, it. it's it probably an yeah, element of fanboyism. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so uh, what, watching most of the reactors for Power of the Doctor, both Ace, Tegan and the little group right at the end, there was completely no reaction whatsoever. There was yeah. a marginal reaction when they got the, the yeah, past Doctors showing up. Mostly was the first Doctor, because yes. they'd seen him mm. before. Yeah. In like 12 episodes. Yeah. In 12 yeah. episodes. Yeah. And Tenant at the end. Those yeah. were the reactions that provoked. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So like, look forward, but still respect the past. Well, that was a big complaint about Series 11, Ritaka's first season, where it's all the old villains and all the old creatures. And obviously he had to massively course correct in his second season Chibnall because of that I don't know what's going to happen now with Disney they won't want to assume people have seen anything particularly given they won't have the old stuff I don't yeah. think Yeah, mm. it is always always been a mistake to give the fans what they want <laughs> you give them we're going to have a show with uh, resurrect a couple of old characters we want new stuff where's the new stuff we want brand new monsters and demons okay Brand new monsters and demons. Where's the Daleks? What's happened to the Cybermen? <laughs> yeah. Where's the Master? You know, yeah, yeah, never yeah, yeah. give the fans what they want. It's the last thing you should be doing mm. is listening to the fans. Although I will defend Chibnall's resurrection of the Master. I thought yeah. really quite a really good, interesting take on the Master, particularly in Power of the Doctor. Once we got a more multifaceted version of that, yeah. Dog, yeah. that Master. He did, he did seem to play all the versions. <laughs> he of the did. Master. And. Uh, Ashad, the lone sideman, the yeah. half sideman, whatever you want to call him, he was suddenly a genius the ge- idea. Uh, I, yeah. I think it was a genius idea that was never actually capitalised on properly. Possibly. And certainly bringing him back in Power of the Doctor was a bit weird. <laughs> Resurrected yeah. him, cloned him. Why? Okay. Uh, yeah. He had the suit and he had the guy willing to come back and yeah. play the character. Uh, I, I think... Uh, Power of the Doctor, as it, as it was potentially the last one, was uh, Greatest Hits. It did seem great. Like yeah. 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 Here's Vinda. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but overall, but the weakest can... of the eras, saying the weakest of the showrunners. Yeah. But still not bad. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. And I think more good than bad, particularly once you've had time to accept it for what it is, let yeah. it settle in. And to a certain extent, it's like a uh, new showrunner, new doctor is like a brand new series. You've got to give it at least a season for the writers to get used to the actor, the actor to mm-hmm. get used to the character. Yeah. Yeah. You can certainly in, in the second series uh, onwards, they began more writing to Jodie's strengths. Mm. Yeah. The first season, they didn't really know what was, neither of them knew what was going on, mm. but it's been the same to my mind. It's, I've always found with each of them, except for Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, the first seasons have always been my least favourite. Okay, oh, mine, my least favourite Tennant is definitely uh, his first season, series two, by far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love. Yeah, I love. Series three was. I, I loved favorite. loved Eccleston. Yeah. I loved Tennant's first season. Oh, it's my no, my least favorite. Mm. I, I uh, Smith's first season has waned on me. I've got a couple of times I've gone back to see it. It hasn't been gripped me. Say, so, and I got that feeling. Season. Except for maybe uh, Dark Water and oh god, the two D uh, Flatliner. Flatliner. They were the two standout ones, but the rest of Mario the Mario Express. Rest, no, not so much. Oh, really? Not so much. Yeah. As I said, my, my enthusiasm has waned for their first seasons. I think yeah. I'd kind of agree with like the first seasons as well, but I think I would definitely agree with Adam on the fact that Matt Smith's first season was probably his best. 
Yeah, definitely his best like, one. So for I me. think he's the only one really that like, the first season has been the best favorite. Eccleston's first season was his worst. <laughs> it was his what, only what, season. What one was his best? The first season. Uh, yeah, his best was the first season. His worst was, was the first, first season. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for me, Jodie Whittaker's first season is the best for me. Yeah, uh, her second, second best, and Flux was definitely the least of the three. But mm. yeah, extenuating circumstances. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, things happened. And dare, specials, dare yeah. I mention Legend of the Sea Devils? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's one which I think is going to have real trouble growing on me with time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harold Doctor's is already improving with me, mm. but uh, <laughs> Legend of the Sea yeah. Devils is still. The question <laughs> is, though, is there, like, do we reckon there are any that we're not that keen on now, but over time might become like famous? as well possibly but i i couldn't say now yeah, which they yeah, would be exactly like it could be quite interesting in a few years time to go back and be like are there any new ones that we liked or didn't like uh, now uh, as i as i've said before i don't necessarily go back to who i'm yeah. no criticism towards jean i know she can if she hasn't not doing something for an evening she can pull an old who off the shelf and just love yeah, it in yeah. and watch that that doesn't occur to me i want new stuff right okay <laughs> See, there's that element of me that's like, yeah, I agree. Like, I want new stuff, but at the same time, it's still my favourite show, no. and it always will. Yes. Be. So there will be times when I find, for me, it's it's still that comfort. Yeah. It's still I want to watch something I know, yeah. and if I want to watch something I know, it tends to be who. Like, as much as I can watch other stuff again, it tends to always be like, I want to watch something that I'm familiar with, that I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'll watch an old Doctor Who. Yeah. It tends to be Matt Smith. But there are times that I'll go back and I'll watch, like, any of the other new Doctors, or I'll go back and watch a classic story. Because yeah. yeah. there are times when I want new Who, there's nothing new on TV. But I still have a few classic Doctor Who's that I've not seen yet. Yeah. So yeah. I'll go and watch one of them and be like, right, here's a new Doctor Who that I've not seen before. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I, I've got to admit, if I stumble across it, the being broadcast, I might stop, sit down and watch it. Yeah. You know, on, on Dave or, or something like mm. that. But. Yeah. Mm. I know I'm going to get howled down, but going back to what you're saying about With you, so I like to watch new things, but there again, I always go back to Tron every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like a security blanket. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do that nearly as much as you used to. Back when New Who was new, I used to rewatch it a lot more. Yeah. As time has gone on, I tend to watch it a lot less. So I did. You, yeah, like when I first got into the series, like you guys know, like my first season was series three. Mm-hmm. But I think for a few series, like at least series four, five, six, seven, like going through, I used to rewatch like back from Eccleston all the way through mm-hmm. and get myself back up to date before the new Blimey. series started. <laughs> But then I stopped doing it because there was so much of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, no, there was a, a decent t- period of time when, like, well, quite a few series when I would, like, make sure that I got time in to rewatch the other episodes from New Who before yeah. I'd watched, like, the new season. There's so much of it now, isn't there? And so yeah. much TV in general. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff I need to watch. Mm-hmm. Going back and rewatching Doc 2 is a rare event. Yeah. Like, that might occasionally it? pull out. 11th hour or uh, day of the doctor or something like that yeah late night one evening (laughs) 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 bit of pond action (laughs) he's got a hankering now (laughs) there's gonna be a niche this evening he's gonna watch the 11th hour (laughs) need more pond anything else any last thoughts summing up yeah i liked it i think it was another fun and interesting era yeah and i'd 
like to see her come back. It's, oh, certainly not for the 60th. Yeah. But uh, 65th, 70th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely yeah, would like to see yeah. a doctor come back. I'm sure so, she said as well that she'll come back. Like, yeah. She's already said like she'd like to come back to the role. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope she does Big Finish too. Yeah, that would be I cool. wonder how long it's going to take for Big Finish to get in contact. Or, oh, Gallifrey or Nick, yeah. mm-hmm. Gallifrey won. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> That's where uh, the Exton thing got, yeah, 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 yeah. got done. So, yeah, hopefully, if she's a Gallifrey one, it will happen before the end of next year. Maybe, yeah. who knows? But yeah. uh, that'd be great. Yeah. They can do it without Yaz, because sh- there are gaps yeah. where the Doctor leaves them yeah. back on Earth. So there are gaps. Well, those are our thoughts. Yep. If you, dear listeners, would like to send us your thoughts, um, any kind of feedback we appreciated, we'd love to hear from you. Send it into show at Staggering Stories. Dot. Net. Woohoo! Awesome. <laughs> right, we have a bit of feedback. Woo! Oh, thank you, thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. Thank, thank you. Been forgotten. Thank you. <laughs> this is from Mr. M and Fake Mr. M, I believe. Ooh. Hello, Mr. Yay. M and Fake Mr. M. Yay, Mr. M. Yay, Yay fakers. <laughs> Hello, Staggering Stories people. It's Mr. M here, and I have with me. Thank Mr. M. Hello. 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 And we are doing some audio feedback together, which will be interesting because <laughs> we have no idea if we'll have anything that we want to say. Clearly do. Um, but there has been a new Doctor Who episode, so we should say some things about that. What did you think about the special? It was all right. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really think I got much of what the actual story was. Yeah. I was more like, oh, that's a person turning up that was in Doctor Who at some point. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what the story was. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Um it was good fun, but it just made absolutely no sense at all. Why were they in Russia? Yeah. Why was the master pretending to be Rasputin or was the master Rasputin the whole oh, time? Yeah. I don't know. don't know. And also you had two different masters in two different time periods. Yeah. I'm not sure which one came first or which one came second. Um, it doesn't really make much sense. But um, I think it was a good story for everyone except for the 13th Doctor and Yaz, and especially not a good story for Dan. I think <laughs> him being written out within the first 10 minutes is really odd yeah. and probably takes the award away from, from Dodo for the worst writing out of a companion. <laughs> I I get that it seems like John Bishop clearly wasn't available. Otherwise, yes. mm-hmm. I, I don't think Chris Chibnall would hesitate to stuff another character into the story if he had the opportunity. So they should have just written him out at the end of the last episode and had him have him pop up again at the end. Yeah. It was really weird. Not thought through that one. Yeah, it was a bit random how they were stay- the episode sort of started with him saying bye and then he turned up again for a few minutes in the end. Mm-hmm. They, I think they might not even have to do anything like that. They could just not have him in it. Maybe invent some excuse why he's not there. Well, they also didn't have Ryan Sinclair in Don't you do the that. episode. <laughs> which <laughs> I get that I think the actor wasn't available. Yeah. But um, it, it just doesn't well, feel doctor didn't right. even ask how he is. Yes, did he did. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Or someone else. Yeah, I think I think it was her. Patagonia. There's so much going on. Um, Mm. And there was also still a lot of the um, terrible over-expository dialogue that Chris Chibnall has, like (laughs) when they were on the outside of the rocket and the sort of boots like magnetically locked onto the surface, which you saw happen. She then said, 
oh, something, well, she said something like, oh, now we're, we're magnetically locked onto the surface of this rocket. It's like, yeah, I know, we, we just saw that. You don't need to say. <laughs> and there's a lot of that dialogue in Chris Chibnall's writing, which I don't really like. But um, it's a shame. I agree a lot with what Adam said, having just listened to the podcast, yeah. that it just didn't feel like a regeneration story and the actual regeneration and the cause of the regeneration I found really underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. like they did the the episode and then they realised, oh, we have to do some regenerations. And then she fell over and regenerated. <laughs> <laughs> but despite being negative about those things, I really enjoyed the, the cameos from past Doctors and from past companions. My favourite scene of the episode was the scene with Ace and the Seventh Doctor because I love those two as, as a pairing. And all of that kind of stuff worked really well. I also really enjoyed Sasha Dewan as the master in this episode. Mm. I didn't in, like his performance when he was in it the first two times, but I felt like he was much more controlled, which therefore made him much more sinister. If you've seen the behind the sofa features on the series eight box set where oh, he's yes. watching Roger Delgado yeah. as the master, he does say, yeah. oh, I didn't expect him to be so restrained. And I think you can see that he's taken that on board and used yeah, that element right. in his performance, which I, li- I liked a lot. So I was much more pleased with him. I actually, having said that I didn't like a lot of the 13th Doctor's Doctor in this episode, I did really enjoy the actual regeneration scene. And I thought that last line was brilliant. And yeah. then there's obviously the surprise of who the 13th Doctor regenerated into. Were you surprised by that? Not really, after having seen like promotional material <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was very heavily rumoured online that that was what was going to happen. I don't know. Did you see any of that at all? I don't know. I think I mostly just heard it from you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't believe that that would happen. I thought that would be a bit too weird. But I didn't find it as weird when it actually did happen. And I liked I liked the look of things from the trailer that was at the end of just or just after the episode. I'm excited to see where the show is going from from here on in and, and with the 60th episodes next year. And also with the potential of Disney Plus as, as co-funders or backers, mm. I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for a plethora of spin-off shows. But, um, mm, yes. Also, I think Shooty Gatwell will be really, really good. I like the video that was released over the last week of him talking about the show. Yes. Um, no, it's just <laughs> and I don't know, that just made me sort of really see more side of him that I think he could bring to the Doctor. But yeah, yeah. what do you think? Uh, that was a lot of stuff. Do you think he'll be a good Doctor? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he'll be all right. Um, but what I was just going to say about you mentioning um, the whole thing with Disney+, Plus, I think it's like long overdue for Doctor Who to be easily or more easily available to people in other countries. Yeah. I know a lot of people in other countries who would like to watch more Doctor Who but haven't been able to. And so I'm happy that that's now at least more possible to them than it was before. I mean, you still have to pay for Disney Plus, but with all the stuff being on there, the sort of people who like to watch Doctor Who Probably, probably quite anyway. likely to yeah. have it anyway or really to get it and then also watch other stuff on there that they might find fun. The other thing that we were going to talk about briefly, though um, not too long as we have been <laughs> rambling on for a while now, is uh, we've been watching Babylon 5 oh, and yes. enjoying Babylon 5 yes. a lot. We are 
getting toward the end of the second series now. Ooh. We've kind of slowed down a bit. We've been quite busy, so we've not been able to watch yeah. as many episodes. The last episode that we watched was In the Shadow of Zahadun. Oh, <laughs> was really good because we got to find out some more details about the shadows mm. and their backstory mm. and i'm very excited mm. to see what's going to happen in the next few episodes of of the series i'm expecting something big to happen oh yes, oh, yes. Probably <laughs> to escalate before the end of the series but i'm hoping we also find out a bit more about kosh and yes. what he is and Possibly. what the Vorlons are and how they wings of a dad. i don't know Ooh, every yes. single time he says something <laughs> every time he answers a question he the questions kind of, kind of gives you about 10 more questions i'm hoping we start to get some answers <laughs> rather than just more questions but so, uh, what are you enjoying about that yes. one five mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoy having more more questions because i know it's, it will be going on for a while there's yeah like, that's true if we look at the big box set we're like just at the start of it yeah so. We don't really want stuff answered yet because otherwise, what do they do in the rest mm. of the box? <laughs> True. Yeah, I think um, it is useful to know how much there is set out before. I know. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that when when you watched it, you watched it sort of as the episodes were coming out. And although there was a five series plan, you didn't know if it was going to quite no. play out in the way that it was intended yep, every year but we're Which. safe in the knowledge that we will get answers to these questions <laughs> yep. so that helps but um what do you enjoy most though which which characters or which um oh you ask me stuff uh, because i i don't even know any of the names i just you're, you're really bad own, with the names uh <laughs> things i like the triangle woman the triangle woman <laughs> jelaine you like jelaine yeah, yeah I, I really yeah. like her I really like um, just watching everything with Londo and his yeah. sort of shady dealings with Morden, that pun intended. Um, and I'm interested to see what is going to happen to him. Is he going to actually end up becoming emperor of a destroyed Ooh. world? Have to watch find out. The warnings that he's he's seen, all the visions that he's had. Yeah, you've but, um, seen the dream by this point. I'm really enjoying it, and and I'll try and keep you updated about um, our reactions to things. Probably the the next update we'll give you is when we when we finish series two. But um, Isn't. yeah, we've been talking for a while now, so we'll uh, probably leave you to it. But we must also say congratulations on reaching. However many podcasts it is you've reached now, is it four hundred? Four hundred. It's four hundred. Four hundred. Yeah. No, the one we just listened to is four hundred and five. I think. Oh, so. oh yeah, because we've been, we've been <laughs> meaning to say that five podcasts. I was, gonna, I was going to say congratulations on. Well, I'll say congratulations on five hundred podcasts in advance. Thank you. Because now no, you have to do that, so yeah. that's good. Okay. So until next time. Bye. 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 Um, uh, quickly, in yep. answer to your question, Sharon. Londo and Jakar, both of them together. Yes, although mm. it's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a special mention must be made of Avonova. Yeah. No boom today, boom tomorrow. Yeah, we'll too. <laughs> and, and personally, my favourite is Zathras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of good stuff in B5 to look forward oh, to. Yes. Season yeah. two is... Uh... Yes, yeah, I, I need to watch it. Oh, yes. I guess I uh, need to watch it as well. We have videos, we can, or DVDs, we can lend mm-hmm. them to you willingly. Okay. Mm-hmm. One thing we didn't mention, which just occurred to me while listening to that, is that the Chibnall era, for a while there, certainly to Chibnall Co., felt like it might be the end of New Who. Yes. Yeah. The, mm. When was it? Halfway through of the latter half of the Moffat era, we was told it would be renewed for another eight years. Mm-hmm. That's got to be about up about now. Yeah. 
when mm. he wrote Power of the Doctor, somebody had got hold of the original script and it had just ending halfway through Regeneration. Yeah. It didn't have the mm. bit with Tennant in it. Oh, okay. So that was never past original script. And obviously RTD2 has come along and yeah. added to that. Yeah. But yeah, it was initially up in the air whether it would continue. So it was left on a cliffhanger as who the next Doctor would be. Yeah. As you would, because you wouldn't want to mm. cast somebody and then not have it on air for 10 years. In that original <laughs> script as well, there was a bit about a few more companions who might have seen in the... Um, scene with all the companions. Yeah, yeah. There was talk of K nine turning up, but they couldn't get the rights. Um, there was going to be a laptop, and we'd obviously like Martha or um, Ryan or or Jack or someone else. Yeah. On, oh, okay. On the laptop as well. Yeah. The big question is, how did uh, Mel get back to Earth? But... <laughs> <laughs> Glitz. Yeah, Glitz obviously dropped her off or, or sold <laughs> her off. Yeah. <laughs> but despite the fact this came really close to it being the end of New Who. Or maybe it didn't. Maybe it's just they couldn't talk about all the behind-the-scenes yeah. contractual stuff going on with Bad Wolf and Disney, what have you. Yeah. He, even he didn't know about it, perhaps. But a lot of people rag on this era as having destroyed Doctor Who. And then if you actually look at the, the final figures for the, this finale, it was actually the like fifth best-watched yeah. programme of the entire week. It's and two been... of those were Coronation Street. Yeah. So it actually, <laughs> It's always been in the top ten somewhere. Mm, yeah. 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 So, so I know... Overnights are down and stuff like that, but that's not the way people not, watch TV anymore. No, those, no. those I, I don't want to say Nielsen ratings because Nielsen ratings is American. Yes, but, uh, Barb, the, I think is it? I, I don't know what it's called yeah. over here. It's, it's, it's a, I, I'm probably ashamed to admit that, but, <laughs> but they're set up for how we used to watch television back in the 70s and the yeah. 80s, yeah. which most people watch yeah. it at time delayed streaming, iPlayer, yeah. or rec- record it via TiVo. It's going to be different. Yeah, like, and as Mr. M and fake Mr. M just said, now it's going to Disney for most of the planet. Yeah. yeah. It's going to open up an entirely new audience. Oh, good exactly, grief, yeah. yeah. You feel sorry for Australia's people out who have had it free to air 50 odd years on ABC. Yeah. They now have to pay for it, unfortunately. Mm. But in the bigger picture, it that, should be really good. I, I as think... long as Disney Plus don't change their mind and cancel it in yeah. yeah. this time. But, but then if Disney Plus do cancel it, their side is still will be BBC. It will be, but would the BBC want to continue it with a tenth of the budget it had before, or probably mm. less than that? I don't know. <laughs> See my addendum earlier. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, Interesting times. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Exciting times. So that's it for feedback, unfortunately, yep. but if anybody else wants to send anything, you know where to send it. Show at staggering stories dot net. Woohoo! Woo! So, uh, yeah, lead us out, Crumbly. Mm. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Aww. But never fear. I don't want to go. <laughs> in the next one, there'll be more of the same, more fun frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, maybe some who. Mm. So, until that, W for Witaka. Yes. Wonderful list. Willowing. Wibbly. Wobbly. <laughs> Watang. <laughs> Winkle? Wist- wistful? Withering? Mm. Willing? <laughs> Comes winsomely towards us. This is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Time is an illusion. Lunchtime. Lunchtime, doubly so. Oh, yes. <laughs> Another Babel Fisher. Oh, thank you. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 406. 
featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Keith Dunn and Stephen Clare. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the sites. No copyright infringement is intended and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Where's my cup of tea? Gotta warm up the voice. Mm. Uh. Higgins or Miggins? Miggins. Miggins. Mrs. Miggins. Pie shop. Oh, uh, what about uh, Paranormal Wellington? Yeah, no, no. Wellington Paranormal was suggested by Jean, so I think it might be an idea that she's here. Keep that to the back of your Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. have to rewatch cool. it, it's been so long. But fortunately, it's only 22 minutes an episode, mm-hmm. so it's only yeah. like two and a half hours to watch the entire thing, but... And I'll try and actually watch it as well. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very silly. Enjo- it is. Enjoyable. Silly but enjoyable. Yeah, it's good fun. We're still good. We're still good. Oh, hey. We're still recording. We're still good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 you can stand.